Support for the WSHU podcast Off the Path comes from Webster Private Bank with personalized wealth management services to help clients move forward confidently. WebsterBank.com slash private banking, member FDIC. And from Au Pair in America, cultural exchange childcare for more than 30 years. AuPairInAmerica.com. Some of the first European settlers in Connecticut heard mysterious rumblings that came from a small mountain in the town of East Haddam. These sounds have inspired centuries of spooky tales about witches, ghosts, demons, and a mysterious wizard. This is our annual Halloween edition of Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan. I head out from New York to Boston in search of great stories. And this week, I'm in a place with three centuries of stories. Mount Tom rises about 300 feet above sea level, pretty close to the Connecticut River. It's not tall, but it is beautiful. Heaven on Earth with dark secrets. <laughs> Folklorist Steve Gencarella leads tours around the mountain. We walk down a trail past winding rock ledges and crystal clear streams. We're in the canopy of various trees. It is always shadowy where we are standing right now. And the beauty of this site for me is that you cannot quite see what's over those ledges. It implies that there's something just beyond. Steve believes this is the epicenter of folklore in Connecticut, maybe all of New England. The stories focus on the uncanny booms that echo across the mountain. The noises themselves are kind of thunderous. You hear them in the air. They are eerie uh, acoustic rumblings that don't quite make sense. The noises have come and gone over the years. They rarely happen anymore. But in the 1700s, you could hear them almost every day. They're what gave the area its original Algonquin name, Macamudis. Many people translate it as merely the place of noises, but it's very clear that Macamudis, Machetmudis, means the place of bad noises. Indigenous people hunted and camped on the mountain. Steve says some Europeans used stories of the noises to demonize them with racist stereotypes. In 1727, the minister of this area writes a letter in which he describes the worship here by indigenous people, and he describes it as quote-unquote prodigious trade of worship with the devil. Some stories claim the rumblings came from a god who was angry about the arrival of the Christian god. Another story takes advantage of misguided history. Early European colonists believed the Vikings made it to New England in 1000 AD, and they tried to conquer the indigenous Narragansett people. And so the Narragansett call for the greatest of all the heroes. He comes from right where we are standing, all the way to Rhode Island, fights off the Vikings is mortally wounded and is asked to be brought here to Mount Tom, where he is buried, and pledges that if whites ever come back to this area, that his ghost will rumble and moan to scare them away. <laughs> Thing is, that story was conjured up by the colonists. Steve says stories of devil worship were used to justify the mistreatment and genocide of indigenous people. 
And it's literally used to say, we deserve to take their land because our God prepared this land for us. Our God wants us to get rid of the diabolical beings who are here in this territory. And then in the late 1700s, a new story about the noises emerged that moved the focus away from Native Americans at a time when the rumblings had subsided. And in that story, the, the tale revolves around a mysterious figure, sometimes an alchemist, sometimes a wizard, sometimes a man of science. His name is Dr. Steele. He's somewhere in Europe, usually in England, and hears of this mysterious rumbling and so comes to investigate. He arrives at the Connecticut River. He arrives in the village of East Haddam, asks directions to the strange noises, and the people send him up here. He sets up a creepy shack on the mountain and starts to dig around in the mud on the banks of the river. And then lo and behold, hits the thing that he had suspected was the reason for the moodest noises all along, a carbuncle. That is a glowing, growing stone that he removes and excavates from the earth. Legendary carbuncles are found referenced throughout European folklore, especially in the British Isles. And he knows that these magical stones, these carbuncles, are in the earth causing the earth pain. So the reason for the moodest noises is the earth is groaning in birthing labor, if you will. It's groaning because it's pregnant with the pressure of these carbuncles inside. Dr. Steele warns the townsfolk these carbuncles will be back someday and the noises will begin again. Then he disappears. Steve thinks this is a version of a similar story about carbuncles that originated in Ireland and twisted its way to Connecticut. And then a century later, in 1887, the story of Dr. Steele turns up in the pages of the New York Sun, a popular but outlandish tabloid. In this version, Dr. Steele discovers that Mount Tom is hollow. He finds the entryway atop Mount Tom into a subterranean cavern. He crawls through the darkness, then sees light, of course, it's the carbuncle. He plucks the carbuncle from the belly of the hill, turns around, and his hands are seized by bony, monstrous fingers. Uh, a coven of witches who live in the area have taken Steele captive. The New York Sun recounts how the witches put Dr. Steele on trial. The king of the witches himself lays down the verdict, but he shows mercy, and Steele walks free. The beauty of this tale is we have the actual handing over of the second cycle of stories, the Steel Legend. So from that point on, we begin to see tales only about the witches, never about Steel again. And even if you ask many people today in this area what causes the moodest noises, they won't know the Steel Legend, they'll know the legends of the witches. The moodest noises have inspired stories by well-known authors like John Greenleaf Whittier and H.P. Lovecraft. And Steve says teenagers still come up to Mount Tom to tell stories. In lots of modern versions, the noises are caused by the ultimate big bad, the devil. Steve says the truth, though, is a lot more mundane. The moodest noises are micro-earthquakes. They are low-grade on the Richter scale, and they occur at shallow depths. John Ebel is a seismologist at Boston College. The ground acts like a big loudspeaker. And when the earthquakes are shallow, literally acoustic frequencies can get up into the air and we hear them. This is the only known recording of the moodest noises from a resident of East Haddam. 
You've certainly heard that one. It's 11.31. These little short popping noises. Ebel suspects they're aftershocks from an earthquake in the 1700s. The aftershocks can last literally for hundreds of years at some very low level. They've only been heard a few times in the past decade, but folklorist Steve Gencarella doubts we've really heard the last of them. They'll be back. They may not be back very actively in our lifetime, but they will certainly be back. And storytellers 100, 150 years from now will definitely have reason to, uh, to speak to them because they're certain to be active again. And our understanding of the natural world will hopefully advance a lot by then, but we'll always have time for a good spooky story. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan, bringing you frightening folklore on the road from New York to Boston. Happy Halloween.